I've been frustrated at myself. Like, should I risk it and do it full time earlier? And I've watched so many other brands grow around me. But at the same time, I feel like I've done it the right way for myself. I feel like I've just got to that point now where I feel really confident that I've got enough experience and knowledge to be able to do it full time. Hey, welcome to Ladyland, a podcast by Lady Brains, where we chat to ambitious women about what it takes to become an overnight success. Huge spoiler alert, the overnight success does not exist. We're your hosts, Caitlin, Anna, and Neva. Now get comfy, fellow Lady Brains, and ride with us to Ladyland. For Beck Wadworth, what began as a simple blog turned into an international minimalistic stationery brand and organised life, which is now stocked in a curated selection of over 45 stores across Australia and New Zealand. We sat down with Beck to chat about her career and business building journey to date, including a dream come true partnership with fashion brand Karen Walker. This is Beck's story of paving her own path and taking the plunge from being an employee to a full-time entrepreneur. So I'm from um, the wine region of Marlborough in New Zealand, where I grew up on a sheep and cattle farm, actually. All of our extended family lived on there. And then we moved off when I was about seven onto a vineyard. So I've always grown up in the countryside. Um, I had, I loved that upbringing. Um, it was really small town. Um, I moved to boarding school when I was 12, 13 pretty standard. I was sixth generation. So I guess because our town's so small, we all go away. So I went to Christchurch and did five years there. So um, family is huge to me and my hometown's my favorite place in the world. So I go back there probably twice a year and it's kind of where I reflect and refresh, I guess. Um, it's the best little place. And my family are still on the vineyard. So all of my extended family still live there, which I love. So all the grandparents, all the cousins, everything. So they're just so down to earth and they kind of keep us really grounded, which I love. Were you entrepreneurial as a kid? Like, did you have those sort of tendencies always? I don't know if I was um, entrepreneurial. Um, My dad, I guess, has always done his own thing with the farm and the vineyard and stuff like that. My mom is a principal, so she's always um, been quite routine. And I guess that's where I get my organization side from. I was always super creative and I always knew I wanted to do something with that, but I don't think I ever thought I would be doing my own business as such. But I think when I put my mind towards something, I've got one of those addictive personalities that I just have to do it and do it well. So I think I probably just got an idea and loved it and it was a passion and decided to keep rolling. I was a dancer for years, so I did Mm -hmm. ballet for Um, from the age of five till I was about 20. And I probably finished dancing fully when I was about 22, 23. I think that side of it taught me like the commitment and the dedication and the hard work. And it kind of trained me a lot in that type of, I guess, the mindset as well, when you have to Mm -hmm. do that. It's really funny, like quite a few people that we've Mm -hmm. interviewed have had either elite sporting backgrounds as young kids or ballet yeah which is so interesting like it must teach you that really strong dedication perseverance like consistency that helps you succeed later I think so and a lot of life skills I was thinking especially in my teens you know when you're at high school you you're developing a lot just as a human in general Mm. 
socially and just everything like that. I think it's a really testing point of view when you study ballet. It's a time when a lot of people can jump out of that and to just go on and more focus on sports and schooling and things like that. But I think um, just trying to stick it through was a really good thing. I'm glad I did it at the time. I know there was a lot of ups and downs, but yeah, I think it taught me a lot. Yeah, a lot of life skills that I use today. And so you spoke a little bit about your mum as a principal and being very organised herself. How did that organisational mindset manifest in your life as a kid? Did you write lists? Yes. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of lists. Um, (laughs) As long as I can remember, I've had lists. I definitely remember using a diary all through high school, for sure. Um, But I know that I did lists back when I was younger before that. I definitely think it comes from my my mum. Um, my dad's super organized as well, but I think I just probably realize it more in my mum's day to day. I was such a list freak and a stationery, you know, <laughs> when you went to school and you would get all your new notebooks and your pens and stuff like that. So that was always my favorite time of year consistently. Even when I started working in the workplace in fashion, I remember my friends, I was working at a really fast fashion um, company in New Zealand and they used to give me vouchers to Kiki K when like for my birthday or when I got stressed, they'd be like, just go to Kiki K, get a new notebook, like do <laughs> your thing. Go yeah. to your happy place. Yeah, go to your, <laughs> go to your happy place. So I think, yeah, it's just the way my brain's always worked. The more organized I am, it just makes life easier. So I've just always had that kind of structured mindset. It's, it's, it is weird because I am a very creative person as well. So it's a that. weird combination. Yeah. It's a really weird sort of um, yeah. two ends of the spectrum. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. So um, like I'm definitely relaxed in terms of I can shuffle things around quite easily and not be too overwhelmed by it. But yeah, I'm definitely, I've always had that organized side to me. So tell us a little bit about the start of your career and kind yeah. of. Yeah. So I studied graphic design at university in Auckland in New Zealand, and I had always worked in fashion there. So um, randomly, I actually started out as a fit model through my dancing career. I saw an advert and didn't really know what it was and started in that world. So it's when they fit all the clothes to you, basically, um, ready for production. So it's not glamorous or anything like that. You literally, you're like a little clothing horse, I guess. (laughs) Mannequin. Yeah, mannequin. (laughs) (laughs) And so I started there and then I worked my way up and did um, a lot of web design, social marketing, all of that kind of stuff. Then from there, I actually got a transfer to Sydney. I stayed with the same company, all fast fashion, and I got really busy when we got to Sydney. And I had always wanted a diary my own diaries, I guess, my whole life. I always made my own Christmas presents every year. And I every year I designed a diary, but I could never actually go ahead with producing it, more from like a cost point of view for mm. printing and stuff like that. So when I came to Sydney, I decided um, I was going to a lot of meetings. I was more in a PR role then, PR marketing. Um, and I was going to a lot of meetings and I had like a red diary or something disgusting that was not going with my statement diary. <laughs> yeah, it was a statement, but it wasn't really going with my monochrome style. I did see a gap then and I decided to do my own diary. I did the smallest run in the world. I think it was 200 and just tested it out. I had no business experience at all. So I knew what to do from a production point of view in terms of making it, but I had not that much experience in, you know, shipping and that business element side. So yeah, that was when it all kind of began. I thought I just want to test the market and give it a whirl. Yeah, I'm glad I definitely took the risk. Now looking back on it, I was definitely probably more naive than what I thought, but I think it 
was the right choice. Sometimes naivety pays off. Totally. I agree. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people looking back now on their businesses, a lot of people I meet and talk to say, yeah, they were so naive at the time. I definitely went through all the steps. I was very thorough. I went through business planning. I went through all of that kind of stuff. But yeah, looking back now, if I had to start a business and knowing how hard and the hours and everything that goes into it, I think it, I would have been a lot more um, nervous. But yeah, I think mm. it's good just to give it a try. Dive in there. Yeah. Did you shop the idea around with friends and family? Like what were people's yeah. reactions? My parents were terrified actually. <laughs> um, they were like, what? Especially because we've gone into a digital age. They were yeah. kind of thinking, yep. would there be a market for it? All my friends liked it, but nobody is as stationary obsessed as what I am. A lot of my friends are in fashion or finance and things like that. So yeah, my boyfriend was super, super supportive and um, my brother and some good friends at the time. So I thought I might as well just give it a try. I knew best case scenario and worst case scenario. So I thought I didn't get investors or anything like that. I just did it all myself. And so I thought if it doesn't work, I gave it a try. And who was your first sale? Oh, I don't know. I don't actually know. (laughs) That's really bad. Um, I actually didn't have a website, which is quite strange at the time. I did it all through social media and people emailed and put through their orders, um, which looking back, I have no idea how that actually worked, but they sold out within three weeks and it was all through family, friends, and then all just social media contacts. I actually do have the spreadsheet somewhere, but no, I don't, I don't actually know. I don't think it was, um, probably was a friend, but yeah, there was a lot of, I was actually overwhelmed by how many went to people I had no idea. I thought I would sell most of them through friends and family, but uh, yeah, there, somehow a lot of them came through social media. It was back before the algorithms yeah, were, yeah. weren't what they are today and you um, you could get a lot more sell through from um, that type of thing. So, And was it through your own account or did you just start an organised life account and just start posting? And um, It was actually through my own account. I think I only had about maybe 2,000 followers then yeah. and I, I wasn't like I was doing what I am today with my own thing. I was um, very like ad hoc social. It was like, I loved doing little flat lays and lifestyle and a little bit of fashion, but it it definitely wasn't like a structured social media Mm. account. And then, yeah, I started doing the products and started popping them up. And I definitely had a marketing strategy and things like that. And I gifted them. Luckily, I had met a lot of amazing people through my role in, in the PR industry. And so um, like Al Ferguson and um, Carmen Hamilton and those kind of girls were really supportive. So I think, um, yeah, that helped a lot as well. Like it's such a common theme. It's not what you know, it's who you know. And like drawing on your networks is so important for yeah. success. Yeah, and I think I was lucky. I, I'm, I've thought about that side of it a lot because I also believe, you know, I'm from a tiny town. I had to work so hard. Um, you know, even moving to Sydney, I didn't know one single person. Mm. So I do feel like there has to be something behind it is and you have to know your product and it has to be a good product or you, you have to be good at your job or, you know, I definitely believe in that side as well. There's a credit to um, all of that behind it. But, yeah, I think if you've got all of those assets and then you're meeting the right people, then it's the perfect combination. So what would be some of your tips for cultivating those sorts of relationships and being able to build your network? You were working in PR at the time, so yeah. you got to meet people. But yeah. outside of that, like what are some of the things that you would recommend other people? I think I was lucky because I was in that industry. And I have, um, you know, I have had people email me and ask what their advice would be. 
I do think you have to be really careful. You don't want anything to be too forced. Mm. Obviously, the one thing with me too is I am on both spectrums. So with my own personal um, social media accounts, I get emailed a lot from brands. But then for me as a business owner, I also have to be the one emailing if I want to work with people and, you know, popping myself out there. So um, I think you have to just be really true to yourself and you have to also know best case, worst case scenario especially if you're emailing people, I think you have to be really personal. I think um, you just want to pitch it that, that you have done your background research and that you there is an, an alignment that your two brands or you as a person in that contact would be good together. I think if there are events or things like that that you can go to, I also think that's an amazing way to meet people. Depends what industry you're in, obviously. Um, but the other tip I also say to a lot of people is if you do have a physical product, I do believe that, you know, a million emails come through to most people's accounts. So I think if you can send a little gift pack, if you can find out their address, send a really beautiful gift pack that's really personalized and a nice note saying, you know, here's a little bit about my brand, blah, 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 blah. Everyone's going to open a parcel. I don't know who doesn't open parcels. <laughs> you know, if you get a nice gift in the post compared to emails, you kind of see and you, you glaze over you sometimes think you're going to go back and reply and then it just all builds up. I think a parcel you just always remember. And I think if you can do that and then send a follow-up email and say, you know, hope you got your little gift or what, you know, whatnot, I think that's a huge help. Just draw on your contacts and anyone that you know. Um, people want to help people and you want to see people grow and succeed. So I think as long as you aren't too pushy or forced and it's quite natural, yeah, that can help a lot. As a business owner, how crucial is it to build your own personal brand? I actually think it's quite an important thing these days. I have actually some friends who don't want anyone to know that it's their brand and they have extremely successful brands and I admire them for that and I think it's a great thing but I know that they get a lot of questions. If you can have a face and you can have a personality behind a brand I think it is um it is definitely hard to put yourself out there at all times, but I do think it is quite nice. I think people can feel like they relate and they're, you know, they know the person behind and the story and um, it definitely gives it a bit more depth. I think there's different ways you can do it as well. You don't have to go full account posting all the time about your life. You can do it quite nice and minimal and just have a beautiful about page on your website or things like that. But um, I think if you can put yourself out there a little bit to tell a bit more of a story about your brand, it is definitely helpful. How do you balance like the public and the private? I think because I'm a perfectionist, I do actually find it really hard to put myself and my personality onto my social pages. I would actually like that to be shown a bit more, but I think more from like an image point of view and that kind of thing, I'm really picky. And also with my style, I obviously have a very strong aesthetic, I guess. So um, I do find it a bit tricky. I obviously love like New Zealand and my family and like all of that kind of stuff. But like my parents' green vineyard doesn't go super well with yeah. my feet. So it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like it's hard. It is really hard because I would love to show a bit more of um, that side of it. So I guess it is it is a balancing act and I'm still definitely working it out. I would also love to show you know, I um, have probably 2% of my life on my social media yeah. accounts mm. compared to, you know, today I've been slogging away at the desk all day and whipping through deadlines. And I probably should show that a bit more, but um, in the moment, I'm not very good at just stopping and, and thinking about that side of it. So yeah, there's definitely a bit of a mm. balancing act. 
So I want to kind of go back to your initial 200 diary yes. run yep. and you sold out in a mm-hmm. number of weeks. Yeah. What was the next step for you like mentally and then with the brand, with the yep. business? Were you like, oh, shit, this is actually, there's something in this. Yeah. I'm going to do a production run of 1,000 or whatever. There was a lot of things you learn from your first run as well. I was so glad I did it as a small run. It definitely showed me the gaps that I needed to learn and grow. I think I probably wrote a list first and thought I've got, you know, I I was actually realistic as well. And I thought I'm not going to do anything else until I do the diaries right. So I waited a whole year, which might seem quite crazy, um, but I was working full time and my job was really demanding. And I thought I just want to get it really right. So I still carried on doing a bit of social and cultivating relationships and planning, but I definitely did a bit of a to-do list on, um, you know, what I needed to learn in terms of production and even shipping. I remember shipping was a nightmare because my diaries were like the tiniest bit too heavy. So they crossed the mark between the 0.5 and (laughs) the 0.5 plus. So it changed the whole price point of shipping. So there were so many things I needed to learn, but I thought, um, yeah, I gave it a whirl and did, yeah, around a thousand for my next run. I got to set up the whole website. I did everything like that. I did the branding properly. I did proper photo shoots and everything like that. And I just thought about it a lot more. And at this stage, were you funding the business yourself? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I still do today. Yeah. Um, I haven't had any help so far. So I think that was the other thing I knew, like even margins, all of that kind of stuff you have to learn along the way. So that was something I knew nothing about whatsoever. I'm not really a numbers person. I still am not great at numbers, but I think as a business owner, you have to be across all of that stuff and teach yourself. So um, I actually brought on my brother as my CFO, probably after the first, that second run, the thousand. He came on, he is amazing. He's a little bit younger than me, but he's so supportive. And so he has taught me so much and helped me refine everything to be where it is today and to be able to make it a proper business. So how practically does that manifest in the early stages when you're funding your own business? What does that mean for your life? Oh, yeah, that was, I had to definitely, nobody saw me for a good while. I remember my friends saying to me, I would work all Saturday, all Sunday on my business. There's so many little things with a business. It seems silly to say that I was working a weekend, but at the time I felt like I had quite a lot to do. I'd try and stop at um, like three o'clock on a Sunday and then I wouldn't, go for wines or coffees. I, you know, I'd have people around. I just tried to save money wherever I could. After that first run, I did for that year where I waited the whole year, that was my goal to save, to be able to increase the quantities um, quite a lot. I obviously made a profit from the first year, but I needed more to put into meet my minimums. So I saved like a crazy person from my salary, luckily, um, because I was full-time which, yeah, I know a lot of people um, do these days and I definitely think it's a great way to do it. You just have so much more flexibility and control. I also think for me, I had no business experience. So to bring somebody else in or to get funding or investment, it was just too much on me personally because I didn't know, you know, what was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, I was still trying to work it out for myself and my worst fear, I'm not very good with failure. So I didn't (laughs) want to seem stupid or have those kind of conversations and not know what I was um, or what they were talking about. So I definitely had to stop a lot of things, but it was worth it definitely to have that control. And have you experienced failure throughout Um, your business journey? 
I've definitely had a few cries. <laughs> Tears are normal. Yeah. Tears are normal. Standard. I was actually saying my girlfriend the other day sent me this hilarious graph. She was like, my life looks like this every day. And it was like up, down, up, down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. And I was like, I just know that feeling because you have so many highs, but you obviously there is lows. There's, mm. It could be anything. It could be, you know, a product, even sampling, things like that. Like you work so hard and then it comes back and you're like, Oh, like why is this so bad? And then you kind of, you know, that you have to waste another three or four weeks. So it's um, there can be so many things, or um, you might be let down by a stockist, or you might have your heart set on, you know, a certain photo shoot idea or model, or like there's so many little things that can happen. But yeah, you just kind of have to keep going. I think for me, it's been a time thing. I've been frustrated at myself. Like, should I risk it and do it full time earlier? And I've watched so many other brands grow around me. But at the same time, um, I feel like I've done it the right way for myself. I feel like I've just got to that point now where I feel really confident that I've got enough experience and knowledge to be able to do it full time. So have you just gone recently, full-time recently? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's happening as we speak. Oh, <laughs> how exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's really exciting. So, um, yeah, I kind of gave myself the goal of um, this year. I'm actually at Beckenbridge at the moment, so where I'm finishing up and the girls – Beckenbridge themselves have been so supportive and I remember them saying to me it takes you know a good four to five years to for most companies to be able to do it full-time if you're going to start it as a side hustle and yeah I've hit the four-year mark and so I think it's time that I take the leap and I feel like I'm in a place where I can which is really exciting. So you spoke a little bit earlier about how you launched through Instagram and obviously the algorithms were a bit different back then. Yeah. If you were to do it again now, how would you do it differently? Obviously, number one, you have to have worked really hard on your product. I think having the product right and taking the time to do your product correctly is really, really important. I think now it's so accessible to launch a business that I think you have not as much time to make those bad decisions. I think you need to like first and foremost launch with an epic product. Um, But I think you really have to do the branding right as well. So I think as soon as somebody opens a parcel from you, it should be everything you want it to be. And I think it's better to take the time to work on your packaging, work on your branding, work on your imagery, making sure the imagery is really good and creating a website that reflects your brand and having all of those kind of things set up. I think back when, you know, when I started and it was quite new, like it was quite a, social media was new-ish. You could kind of develop everything along the way compared to now there's just so many brands. Everyone's packaging's beautiful. If they get something in the post and it's not quite up to scratch, they're going to remember it. Yeah, I think definitely taking the time to make sure every single thing links up and is on brand for you is very, very important. The one other thing when I started my business, I had no one to lean on. So I didn't know one other person who had a business. Like I didn't know how to do shipping. I didn't know how to do that. I think if you have people you can lean on, like, yeah, if you can have anyone that can help you just to get ahead a wee, but it's, yeah, huge help as well. So how did you learn that stuff? Like if you didn't have anyone that you knew, like, uh, did you Google it? Yeah, I watched <laughs> a lot of tutorials. Yeah. I Googled a lot. I made a lot of phone calls. I think there would probably be like the mistakes from the start, like, postage I found really hard like shipping and then the production side I found really hard it's really hard to find factories and like all of that kind of stuff and um, there's no manual like you can't just jump onto a website and be like here's your best options for printing a diary Mm -hmm. you really have to 
trial out quite a few. So, um, so did you go on Alibaba? Or did I you... actually didn't know about Alibaba. <laughs> I wish I did now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is it because I'm a Kiwi? I don't know. <laughs> and yeah, I only found out about Alibaba like a year and a half ago maybe. Oh, and really? I, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. If I had known about that now, it would have been amazing. But um, no, I think I was lucky. I Through my graphic design side, I knew a couple of printers in Australia. I did everything in Australia for the first right. few years. It was a lot more expensive, but I always knew the goal was to be able to find find someone um, that could get the prices down lower. Um, So I ended up having to go to China and luckily one of my factories just emailed me a cold email and they had come across um, my social media, really random. Um, They're based in China and they've actually been amazing. And then the other one I I had through a contact as well. So yeah, I was just really lucky, I think. But Mm. I did sample with... 12 factories maybe until I found um, the right one. So it takes, it takes time. So how did you transition your business from only selling online mm-hmm. to selling in retailers? Who was yeah. your first retailer? Like My first retailer was actually one in New Zealand. I had a list, so I wanted to make sure they were really on brand stockists um, and I didn't want to be stocked in every single place. And I also knew I didn't want to be stocked in more little stationary shops you go to get like your reading books and your actual stationery for school. I wanted it to be a bit more of a premium stationery brand. So I actually cold emailed. Um, most of them I didn't have any connections at all with the stores. Um, and I was really lucky. I made sure I did a really beautiful lookbook. I made sure everything that I was sending out was on brand. Um, and I also gave them exclusivity in the cities for the first year, I just made sure it was really clear that it was a one-year agreement. Mm. Um, and that also helps a lot. They want, you know, there's so many stores these days and they want to have something different and know that they're going to be the only ones. Mm. So I think that helped a lot. And then I think I had about eight stores um, when I did it myself. And then I brought on a sales agent in Sydney who are some of my closest friends now and they grew it to 70 stores um, which was great and we've actually pulled it back to 45 in the last year purely from a branding point of view I kind of it's funny you kind of go up and down but I just I wanted it to be um, yeah the stores to be super super on brand for me what's next where do you want this to go yeah I think um for me I have always been quality over quantity as well with my products. So I definitely want to grow the actual product side. So I have a lot of things in the pipeline. And then I think next year is going to be the year where the products will grow a lot more. Obviously, you have to send everything to print three to four months in advance. So this year is nearly gone, yeah. that section. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, this year I'm going to focus on the digital. Each month I have made a theme on the website. So all my blog content is related to that theme. So I've done time management so far, goal setting, next month's well-being, and then I've got travel um, and a couple of other ones. So I'm working on that, um, some digital products, and then some workshops. Um, I've got my first workshop coming up. We have a few um, yeah. final questions. Yeah. What's been your greatest success to date? I've had a few, but I think um, definitely when I got to work with Karen Walker, to do the collaboration notebooks. We've done two years in a row now. Um, I think that's been a highlight for me. I think seeing it grow as well, the brand each year, the diary quantities growing. And I think seeing them sell out 
is just the most amazing thing. And I also think probably the smallest thing in the world, but when you meet someone who uses them and they're so enthusiastic and they love everything about it, it's such, you know, nerd, nerd life, but it's um, <laughs> it's like such a fun thing um, to know that kind of all your hard work has gone into that and that it's paying off mm-hmm. um, the end goal to help people. I just want to ask a little bit more about the Karen Walker collab. Yes. yeah. Because I've heard that was kind of like one of your yeah. goals that yes. you really wanted to achieve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk us through that. How did that come about? What was yeah. the moment like when they were like, yes? Yeah, so I'm definitely um, a New Year's resolution gal. Yeah. When I'm at home in Marlborough, um, on the week before Christmas, I usually get home and I literally just focus on what I want to do for the next year. And by the first, I make sure I've written them all down and I feel really good about what I want to achieve. So that year I had known that I wanted to do a product collaboration as a brand growth point of view, brand awareness. Like there were so many reasons and I knew that I had to find the right person to do it with. And I had a list and Karen was at the top. Um, I knew that I've kind of admired her brand for a long time as a Kiwi um, and I just think she's an amazing businesswoman in general. And I contacted their office, I think on the 1st of January, (laughs) very eager beaver. And um, I knew one of the girls, I had seen them purchasing the diaries through the online store. So um, I had luckily had the contact with one of the marketing girls and I emailed them a proposal and I made sure it was really detailed about aligning together, why it would work, how it would work, all of that kind of stuff. And luckily the, she emailed me back on, I think the seventh when their office opened and she was like, I love this idea. I'm going to talk to Karen, blah, blah, blah. And I think by the 10th, Karen had come back saying she was really keen and and they do Christmas goodies for the end of the year always. So they were like, we need to do this for the end of the year for sure. So it gave me so much time to work out how it would all work and what I, we wanted to do, come up with ideas. So I think we started working on it from about um, May and then came back through and we, it was a really collaborative process, which I loved. Karen came over for a shoot in Sydney, which was fun. Amazing. Um, I was actually so nervous for that. I've, I had met Karen before, but I think just the pressure, I think it all hit me at that point, mm. you know, having to do press and promotion and all of that kind of stuff um, was a whole nother level. And also knowing that they were going to go into her store and her stockists and things like that and hoping that it was a premium product that would reflect her brand and my brand and have a good sell through is always the dream. So you just, I guess it's a bit nerve wracking when it's a whole Mm. new thing. So yeah, that was how it all came about. And then it was really successful. It sold out for both of us and we did another one last year. And yeah, she's just the most amazing and supportive person so Mm. yeah it was I was really happy with that it worked out really well was there a moment where you were like wow yeah like I'm doing this I get excited about everything to be honest I (laughs) I love that (laughs) yeah I think um you have to live in the moment I think um you can't take anything for granted so yeah I have a lot of those celebration moments over a wine um yeah so I think I definitely was really really happy I think it was also exciting that I was at home in New Zealand at the time I'm pretty good with the celebration stuff. Like if I've got my boyfriend and things like that, we, um, yeah, I'm always like, we need to celebrate this now, but um, Mm. I don't stop and think about it for too long. I seem to just move on, which is the bad thing probably. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting that one of the comments that you made was that you were lucky that you had the email address Mm. for the marketing girls. But 
I don't think it's luck. I think it's like you should give yourself more credit for that because not everyone is going to see such a small thing as an opportunity. It's like you had her on your list, like that was a goal. Yeah. You knew that someone from the company had bought from your store. You had the contact. You were audacious enough to just reach out and do a full proposal. Like it's not really luck. It's, you you know, your work. So give yourself (laughs) the credit for it. (laughs) Preparation. Yeah, exactly. Mm. It is. Yeah, it's preparation and planning. Yeah. Yeah, and seizing the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. There's always a time and a place too. Sometimes when I've been let down by things or had, you know, Mm. something in my head, it's funny how it's come around like six months later and something better and bigger's happened or, you know, something's just fallen into place. And I think, you know, as long as you're working hard and you have really clear focus and goals and you're always looking forward, you're not standing still, I think it ends up somehow coming around to work out. So you just got to keep pushing forward. So what's Beck's best tip for starting a business? It sounds overwhelming, but you just have to write a list. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. You and the list. Thanks for listening. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on Instagram, lady.brains and head over to ladybrains.com.au to find out more about our events and other cool things that are happening.